Welcome to A Life More Wild. I'm Christopher Wilson-Elms from Canopy and Stars, and this is our podcast taking you into the great outdoors and helping you connect with nature. Later on, we'll be hearing from a former session drummer and support worker who run retreats for autistic adults in Cornwall. But first, we're going for a bit of a wet and windy walk with eco-psychotherapist and writer Dr. Ruth Allen. I kind of have this belief that we don't choose the weather in which we heal. It's not always blue sky and sunshine. So unless it's absolutely vile out here, then we work with it. And actually, a lot of good things happen in therapy when the weather's not amazing. (laughs) She's going to take us on a walk through the woods near her home in the Peak District and explain why she's chosen to bring nature into the counselling she does. This is where I work. I work here with my outdoor weekly clients. It's above Matlock Town Centre and it's quite exposed. We're at about a thousand feet here and it's a kind of a moorland environment and it's very different environment to be in compared to like a closed room. We're sort of in the space together and it's not a space that belongs to either of us. It's a shared public space actually and there's people around all the time you know you wouldn't have someone walking into your therapy session usually but here you will meet other people you'll see people with their dogs so it's a really different feel it feels more informal we sort of travel into different areas depending on really what the client fancies so there's this big central pathway that goes down the middle it's very accessible and then it's really over to you know, whatever we're doing together in the work or whatever the client wants to do, just to explore week in, week out, different different routes around it. Part of my work is really observing how people are and what their inclination is and where they are in their bodies and in their mood at any given time. So I'm really tuned into where it seems people want to go, what they're naturally drawn to. And then sometimes I might sort of say, oh, it seems like you're slowing down. Should we go? Should we go down here? So it's a very sort of intuitive, ever-evolving process, really, where I don't really need to say, right, what are we doing today then? (laughs) Or where are we going today? I'm just constantly, like, observing. We're just heading down the main path now, which I think of as, like, small talk lane, (laughs) because it tends to be the bit that we arrive in the space... And we're just catching up on the stuff that's been happening during the week. You know, how are you and how are things? And just doing the sort of the early check-in that you might do if you're going and collecting someone from a waiting room or something like that. I like those kind of transition moments, but I thought I could perhaps show you um, where this kind of ant mound is and maybe take you through to the bottom where the space opens out and you can see bigger views over Matlock because I think those are really interesting spaces. They're favourites for me. I like the feeling of emerging from a closed space into an open one. And I think that's a very natural human thing. I think a lot of people would probably respond to that because there's just that moment of like, oh, come out of the tangle and into a bit of a space that perhaps offers a bit more clarity. So yeah, I thought we'd head down there. Working with nature for healing is as old as time, really, as old as we've been, you know, we've always been looking to nature. So the concept wasn't new. I've always been interested in sort of exploring at the edges of the mainstream ways of doing things. So it was just something that really appealed to me to see how it would work. And 
and it was it just felt very natural because I've always been outside I'm confident outside I love being outdoors and it works for me as a practitioner so there was a strong thread of I think this will be good for my clients but it's also how I want to be I don't want to sit at a desk all day or I don't want to sit in a clinical setting all day it's how I would want to have my therapy I do say with all the clients I do work with that we work in all weathers. I kind of have this belief that we don't choose the weather in which we heal as a sort of a general guiding principle. You know, we can't always, it's not always blue sky and sunshine. So unless it's absolutely vile out here, then we work with it. And actually a lot of good things happen in therapy when the weather's not amazing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, the rain. Okay, great. <laughs> So sometimes there's a sense of release or a sense of, oh, well, this is just typical. This kind of thing always happens to me. So I just think we have an emotional relationship with the things that are constantly changing and the weather's an obvious one. And nature is very much in us. We are nature. And I think we are naturally very responsive and you don't realise that, I suppose, until you go out and you're tuning in to the differences in mood and behaviour in certain weathers and certain conditions. Being in movement is a key part of the way I work. And so people tend to sort of think more creatively when they go outside. And there's a metaphor there, isn't there? People come into therapy, they want healing or they want progress in some area. They maybe they feel stuck. They want a change. So being in forward movement is really useful, I think, as, a, as an embodied metaphor for the thing that you want to kind of happen in therapy. There's certainly a rhythm that you get into and certain clients tend to be drawn to different parts and you notice there are areas where you get to crossroads. So we'll come to one down here. There's a, it opens out and you can take various directions. And I find that over and over again, we get to the same points and we make choices. And so it almost takes on this rhythm of choice making and sometimes you end up at the same junctions on the way back and that's quite interesting because you get a sense of places that become meaningful and people start to map onto the territory a little bit so I can tell when a client is drawn to a particular at the bottom of the site it really opens out and I can tell that clients will be drawn to certain areas because perhaps they open out and they give a sense of perspective or that we'll get to these points in the path where there's a choice and you just sort of start to get a feel for where people want to end up based on where they're at. It's almost like there's an internal mapping of the terrain for whatever's going on at, the certain, at a certain time. And of course, people remember areas they've been to where they've maybe talked about things that they're not really comfortable with or they don't like anymore. And that's an interesting one because there might be some areas we visit and you have a big conversation and you never visit again because they don't want to go back there. I'll be curious about that. I'll be curious about, you know, why is it that, that since last summer we haven't been back to that area? And and that sometimes just opening that as a question brings an awareness that maybe they hadn't thought oh, that they were particularly avoiding it. There's a lot that just spontaneously arises and you start to build a sense of people's patterns and their ways of thinking and their ways of moving. I love movement. I love working with movement and just watching how people sort of stop and start 
and where they pick up speed and when they slow down. And I think that tells you a lot about where their confidence is, their sense of agency and autonomy. So I'm always trying to hand that over to them. And sometimes we will walk quite quietly and just be thinking and seeing what arises. So it's really nice for that. It's a lower pressure way of being quiet. If you're sat in a room with someone and everyone goes quiet, <laughs> you can feel the pressure to fill the space. Whereas out here, you've got bird song, you've got the sound of the wind, you've got the creaking in the trees. There's less eye contact when we're walking side by side. There's a natural sense that sometimes we're kind of half looking. <laughs> we're always in each other's peripheral vision. But there are parts in the site where we go onto single track walkways and so someone's going to be in front and someone's going to be behind. So there's certain types of therapy where we know eye contact is really important. And there's a lot made about eye contact. But when you're working with trauma particularly, eye contact isn't always what people want. It can be too overbearing. It can be overwhelming. And so I think it really lowers the pressure for people. And I know that I, I find unbroken eye contact very difficult. And that's to do with how I have sort of grown up in the world so I find there's too much of an intensity of attention so I really like the variety of being with people in the space it's not as intense I don't think and some people won't love that because they'll want that intensity in therapy So we're just about to cross over a wall that's sort of at the perimeter of the main site where all the woods are. It's a kind of a broken wall and it just goes through and opens out into a bigger view. It's not a great day today. It's quite rainy, <laughs> it's quite foggy, but there is a sense of coming out from in the undergrowth and then we sort of step out into fields. So it's quite a nice boundary moment between the two spaces. So you can see it sort of opens up here, fields, and we've got Ryber Castle up ahead. And it's just a really nice, you know, it's big sky, we're back out into big sky. There's a sort of sense of breathing in and like, it's just a, it's a change, isn't it? You come out and like, you can feel the wind now. We're getting sort of hit by the elements a bit more. It's a change and that's the thing to observe. It's, it's gonna have different meanings for different people and maybe no meanings at all. <laughs> But it is a change. It's a really lovely view. It's really I feel very lucky to work here and we have a bit of height above it and I like that. I'm I'm a mountain person. I, I think everyone has their terrain, they have their environment. And this isn't mountains, it's rolling hills, it's Derbyshire, it's the sort of Derbyshire Dales, but it's there's a sense of perspective of being slightly above here and then having that sort of looking down through the valley. And for me that's that's important for me. I feel good being out here. When I'm out here working, I feel good. And I think that's important. That probably sounds selfish, but I think if I'm going to be out here and this is my work, I, I want to feel good while I'm out here too. You know, that's kind of important. And then something in me can rest. And then if something in me can rest, all of me is available to my client in a way that maybe it wouldn't be if I was in a, a white boxed room eight hours a day. So it's, it's lovely. Yeah, some people want to take a photo. Some people don't notice it. They're so in what they're in 
that they don't notice the view and they head down. And that's something to notice as well. Some people are not having any sort of visual connection to the landscape. They're just pounding the trail. You know, we're just walking around and they're not looking. But that can tell you something about the person, where they're at in, the, in their lives, can't it? If, you know, I know that if I'm walking through somewhere and I'm not paying it really any attention, I'm quite involved in my head at that point. I'm probably really busy with something and I'm probably not in the best of places or at, in the very least, I'm just very focused. And so that's telling you something about what it's like to be them in that moment. When there's, when there's a lot to say, quite often you do walk less. Sessions tend to be quite slow. Therapy sessions are not at normal walking pace. We're walking quite slowly now. And this might be the pace we take in therapy. It might be faster than this, but the pace may change. You know, if someone's getting exercised about something and they're getting wound up and they're having more of a body response than they are a cognitive one, we might be tearing through and walking. You know, sometimes I'll look at my steps in a day and there'll be quite a lot <laughs> and sometimes I'll be like how have we hardly gone anywhere if I see somebody's noticed something I'll usually just comment on that I'll just sort of say oh you've stopped and a lot of the time this sounds really procedural it's like oh you've stopped you're just reflecting back for them in a conscious way what they've done so it's not like do you want to go there do you, do you? <laughs> shall we it's just like oh you've stopped and then you hold that and then they'll be, yeah, I saw something or, oh, it'd be quite nice to go in there, wouldn't it? Be, okay, let's go in. So usually it's just a process of, it's kind of embodied relational mindfulness. It's just observing what's happening, repeating it back, creating that pause for them to think, ah, yeah, is there meaning in this? No, there's not, let's carry on. I just saw a squirrel or something. But there's a giant ant sort of mound you get a lot of wood ants in here it's quite um wood anty and there's a big pile and we so often stop at that it's a classic stop point is watching ants busy doing their thing i think we love that and so there are obvious things like that here sort of dead animals or birds or a particular bird song that become really like oh yeah well we're not going to not stop and look at that and so then we might be curious about our sort of say oh you're you're drawn to that. Again, it's just reflecting back. You seem to be drawn to that. And I don't want to feed like, oh, you seem really drawn to that because, and then layer on an interpretation. It's just drawing attention to what's happening moment by moment throughout a session. So that the client's thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I was, or I'm not. Something's constantly happening here that wouldn't happen in a room really you know anything anything can happen and it's all material and you get a sense of what to not ask about and what's just a human mind looking and taking things in and, and the length of time that maybe someone's looking you think oh this is meaningful let's let's look at that We're going to go right now to see if we can find the ants. <laughs> They're not out today. This is usually a bit of a bigger pile, but maybe it has been lashed with rain up here recently. But they're usually all over the place here. 
and really busy in the tree there and they're quite often coming along the path and this is usually sort of more up to here looks like it's i could just see one <laughs> oh no there's not there's, there are more they're quite well um, camouflaged aren't they but yeah usually this is a real a real busy spot for the ants I would say one thing that I would encourage everyone to do is to go for a walk and it's so painfully simple but go for a walk and actually pay attention to the world so leave your phone at home maybe or at least put it on flight mode and you listen to the ambient sounds of nature they are very restorative they're very calming on our nervous systems they're really good at stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system and you're not going to notice the ambient sound or the colours if you're distracting yourself with other things. So I think a tech-free walk once a week goes a long way. Ruth Allen, taking us on a well-being walk on the edge of the Peak District. While getting a bit of nature into your life is good for everyone, one Cornwall-based couple thought that for people with autism, it could be completely transformational. Support worker Natalie and former professional drummer Jeff run the social enterprise Wilder Me, where six geodomes on a sweep of Cornish hillside are used for activity retreats for adults with autism. Where are you? What does your land look like? What's the setup? Sort of paint the picture. So Wilder Me is a social enterprise that offers sort of well-being, creative arts and nature-based retreats for autistic adults. And we also offer affordable breaks for families with autistic children. We are based in Kingsand, Corsand, um, on the Rain Peninsula, which is just across the water from Plymouth in southeast Cornwall. And the views are spectacular. The land's amazing. Um, we yeah, sort of fell in love with it seven, eight years ago when we came, yeah. came on holiday. And it's yeah, an amazing place. Yeah, so what's the layout of the site? Right, so we've got, um, so we've got seven geodomes the six of them we use of accommodation and seventh one we have for cooking for doing activities and just yeah sort of socializing and stuff like that so it's Mm. a bit of a hub isn't it yeah all our domes look out to sea off grid apart from water so solar powered Mm. two compost loos which once people get the hang of and understand the benefits of using a compost (laughs) loo and that you're not flushing away five liters of water every flush all that kind of thing then people Mm. kind of are like yeah okay well and it's just really sort of wild natural sight we've got kind of skylarks and jeff's kind of bird man so (laughs) (laughs) he's the twitcher of the two of us so what kind of birds and stuff have we got jeff uh at the moment there's loads of white throats and um yeah skylarks all singing Mm. yeah it's quite a cacophony of noise at the moment up there apart from that we hate it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really it's really amazing <laughs> explain a bit about the project i basically was a um, support worker in north london um, a residential home for adults with um, autism and we went on a camping trip to suffolk and stayed in this amazing yeah and we all ate together around the campfire and we sat in the pub and sung songs and we rode our bikes like through the fields and stuff and the benefits of the actual holiday was so massive when we came back our psychologist and stuff was really kind of blown away by it and uh just sort of like obviously Jeff and I just started talking about it Jeff is a musician and then we went to to Cornwall didn't we and we found Maker Heights and this incredible site and we started talking about like what could we do 
you know what kind of thing could we could we offer and stuff if we move to this amazing place it just encompasses like everything that makes you feel good in life so it's all about connecting to nature which the site is so beautiful and so wild um and it's also as well a little bit hippieish here but it's also on ley lines from like glastonbury and it's you know it's just it's just amazing you kind of it's a place where you just really relax and sort of de-digitalize and stuff so how important is the nature around you to what you do? Yeah, um, so I'd say really, really important. Where we are, it's really kind of wild and there's like wildflowers and gores and skylarks and stuff. And then you walk along the coastal path and it takes you down into this sort of beautiful bay um, and it's really sort of perfect for natural wild swimming and there's like lovely caves and then you carry on going through and it takes you into the woods and there's ancient woodland and there's so much nature in there and there's kind of wild deer running around everywhere then it starts to get really rugged and really wild and then you just have these incredible stretches of like beautiful just sort of golden sands and it's perfect for sort of surfing down there and you can do sup or just uh, rock pooling spotting dolphins and mm. yeah and minky whales we've seen as well so you feel like whatever someone's going to respond to, you've got it. Yeah, yeah totally. in a way, yeah. yeah. You've got everything. You can kind of get in touch with like different emotions with different landscapes as well. So mm. this is another kind of hippie moment, but you can have, um, you can sit like in the Bay of Kingsand and the water's just gently lapping against the shore and it's all really calm and peaceful and you can kind of get into, I guess, a really meditative state, but then you could go for a walk across the kind of wild headlands and, you know, everything's just sort of, just a bit more kind of powerful as well. Mm. And it's interesting because the perception is that um, people thought it might be a complete misconception really appreciate routine more so taking people out of that environment how is why is that so beneficial yeah i think it's just basically because sometimes just so going on any holiday is really good for you i think you know um and we you know we go on a holiday and you know a lot of the time people have some kind of epiphany because you get that time out but if you then put yourself into nature and you're in um like a tent or you're in a geodome like we have you're, you're just a step away from nature so we have yeah. one guest in particular who regularly doesn't sleep very well at all has anxiety outbursts even during during the nights it's mm -hmm. a regular thing and two years ago when they first came he didn't have any of these anxiety related issues and we kind of we weren't sure we thought it might be just because we had such a full packed week of activities it's quite exhausting <laughs> you know we're all quite tired in a lovely way yeah in a lovely way but you yeah. know every evening around the campfire singing or storytelling mm. and then you've had a whole day of sup or foraging Out or sea yeah, and chasing boat trips. dolphins and stuff but the second year last year in the pandemic we couldn't do the activities and exactly the same thing happened again so that's pretty amazing and the, the home manager who was there was like this is just incredible like they've mm. never known him to go for so long there's definitely something about getting out of the your sort of the routine and the um sort of the everyday setting and being somewhere completely new and mm. um, we've had guests that have taken on experiences or tried out things that they would never do yeah. in their their home you know we've had guests that sleep 
much longer than they ever do at everyone home. Everyone sleeps well, yeah, so everyone well, actually. so well, don't um, they? Yeah, you know, like 12 it's hours great. sleeping for 12 hours. <laughs> I guess that, uh, you know, anxieties and other sort of those sort of related conditions are definitely lowered. So it might be a big shift in environment, but it's a shift to a much calmer one. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the- there's the, um, you know, just even to the, down to the level of trying different foods. So we do foraging with a, a local lady does a foraging course. So we do, we do that. And we've had guests that would eat green food, but they never would eat green food at home. It would have to be disguised. Well, you know, we were we were told, oh, he's never, having you know, seconds never, of like yeah. nettle soup and stuff. Yeah, they're and, never going to they're know, never going to eat really? the you're never going to eat the forage food. So we, so we had like backup supplies, but in the end, they you know they were eating it all, and you know the support yeah, staff were like, well, this is this is amazing. They, they wouldn't even eat a bowl of soup at home, let alone a green soup. But I think there's something so exciting mm. about going out and learning about the food Mm. and also you know you're picking it yourself so you're so connected in that way as well Mm. so the whole process it's you know it's kind of everything's more raw isn't it I think when you're you know doing these kind of things and this is all uh, subsidized I guess the places and things by our weekend breaks with Canopy and Stars so they're that's open to everyone and the profits from that then go back into the autistic retreats and breaks affordable breaks and it keeps Wildermy sustainable but I bet you see the same effects on the uh on the weekend guests as well yeah, yeah. everyone loves it and they oh, all definitely. yeah the, the the feedback we get is oh, everyone's like oh i'm so relaxed i haven't you know picked up my ipad all weekend or like, you know <laughs> people actually come and they shut they switch off their phones you know i'm like you know mate, here's, here's my number they're like oh i haven't mm. got i'm not going to switch my phone on but you know that kind of thing oh, which is really great. really nice isn't it yeah it's great is it something that is quite new then, a sort of nature therapy, if you like, outdoor therapy? Yes, I think like with uh, doctors are now starting to prescribe nature as well. And I think we're just going to keep opening up. It's like a can of worms, I guess, but opening it is a good can of worms. And it's mm. kind of, we're just going to find that, you know, nature is so beneficial for us. It really, really is. And our hope is that people come and stay and they realise that, you know, we're not, separate from nature we are actually all part of nature and we have a place within it and then hopefully go back home and Mm. you know really start to think about where they live and their own environment and what they we can all do to kind of impact impact that sorry in a really positive way so obviously you guys must have seen incredible effects on people on the professional side and on yourselves personally is that something you think everyone can can access can can feel yeah absolutely um you know, getting out in your own garden or, um, in fact, there's some there's this sort of science behind Shimiyoka is that even just spending 40 minutes um, in a woodland can have huge benefits to your mental health, you know, bringing down your, your heart rate, blood pressure, all these things. It doesn't mm-hmm. take very long. It's just 40, you know, it's a 40 minute walk in the woods. Mm-hmm. But I think even in your, you know, in, in, in your mm-hmm. own garden, just finding somewhere and showing sort of compassionate attention to nature where you really zone in on it and, and experience that love for it can mm-hmm. help you feel like nature loves you as well and you yep. start to pay more attention to to everything around you and and the planet as a whole I think there's a yeah. huge benefit for the planet and for ourselves yeah definitely I think it's just like um I guess you know just noticing things like sometimes if you just say to yourself right I'm I'm going on my walk to the shops and I'm just gonna take some time to just notice some anything that's in nature and it is everywhere it's not 
I think, you know, even in cities, you do you do get these beautiful places as well. You know, we do have parks and things that we can go to mm. and access. I think we're so distracted, though, with phones digitally and, 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 you know, everything around us as well is, you know, blasted on, you know, billboards or whatever, that it is quite h- hard sometimes to go, you know, I'm going to put my phone away. And if I see mm. something, I'm going to actually spend a bit of time and work out what's going on there, you know, and something natural. Um, because we are, there's a lot of other things trying to grab our attention all the time. Yeah. But once you start doing that little, that little bit, like you said, just, just you know, just, just noticing stuff, just or, noticing or stuff just take it. your lunch outside, you <laughs> know, because it would just do wonders for your, you know, for how you feel about yourself and and the world. I guess really. I really like the idea of opening a can of good worms that you came up with earlier. It opens a can of good worms. The worms we yeah, like. Good worms. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Thanks for joining us in A Life More While. Hopefully you're feeling at least a little bit restored and rebalanced. But if you want to learn more about Ruth Allen's work or stay at the Inspiring Wildemy Project, follow the links in the episode notes, where you can also find where to buy our book. You can follow us on Instagram at Canopy and Stars and follow this podcast too in whatever app you use by tapping that little button so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, stay wild.